I thought I was lost, but then I realized I was on an adventure finding myself. Hey everyone, do you know an organization that's looking for a keynote speaker, workshop host, or retreat speaker? I am currently filling slots for the 2023 speaking year. I'd love to talk about everything that we talk about here on the podcast. You've been hearing me talk about Arbon, but you're probably wondering what it is. Arbon is a vegan, gluten-free, skincare and cosmetic, and nutrition company. It has strict standards for clean products and ethical business practices. The company is over 40 years old and has been doing clean before clean was the trend. These products have made an impact in my life and can make an impact in yours. Check the link in the show notes. So I guess we, we've got to get on with this episode here since we've got such a great lead in to how things are. I feel like I really didn't do the intro justice. Um, hi, Mike. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm really well. Yeah, really well. Um, yeah, and, and look, genuinely excited to be here. And I think it's, it's going to be, I hope it's going to be a really interesting uh, discussion and, and chat. Um I want to know about you. Tell my listeners who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go a slightly odd way around because I think it might be a bit more interesting um, for a, a bit about me. So, where am I? So, I'm gonna start from, as you say, over in England in the UK. I'm right in the middle of England. I'm as far away from the sea as you can get over here, which you know, in the US standards is probably still incredibly near. But from here, we're like a good two and a half hours drive, two, two and a half hours drive away, which which for us hurts us. It's like, oh, it's so far away. And so much so, I'm, I'm relatively near a city called Derby. And Derby has a, a festival furthest from the sea festival, where they bring a beach in effectively, loads of sand into the middle, do all the kind of typical British fish and chips and so um, fish and fries, uh, just on that. But you know, all the different stuff that we associate being on the seaside we have a big sort of festival and party uh, in the middle of the city so that's really fun i yeah. work for a couple of really big uh, uk companies so uh, rolls royce uh, sadly not the cars the aero engine manufacturer which is slightly less well known but you've almost inevitably been on a plane with one <laughs> one or more engines which is that so i gotta say again i checked you out here i i vet you before you're <laughs> a uh, guest and I think it was LinkedIn, I saw a former job title that I got to ask you about. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Go, but... Yeah, 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 too. So the, the job title, it, it's a long one. I don't know what your business card looked like. All right. <laughs> so Civil Aerospace Cash Forecasting Manager. I know what all those words mean separately, but I don't think I've ever seen them all together. What the heck is that? Yeah. Well, if if the title blows your mind, wait until I start talking about the numbers involved because that was uh, really epic. So, uh, civil aerospace meaning not not military. Um, so you know, passenger planes or, or um, uh, cargo. Um, cash forecasting, literally being how much money we're going to have. What's the cash going to be? And then manager just trying to represent uh, where I was in the organisation. 
you can always challenge though if you're not managing anyone are you really a manager there you go so i didn't have a team underneath me so it's always one of those sort of questions so that is quite different from what you do right now yeah yeah hugely yeah and actually i did so while i was doing i was in these different corporate finance roles um so i've done that i've done internal audit i've done external audit as well um but one of the things i've loved doing through the whole lot i work very well with teams i'm very good at re-engaging disengaged teams at encouraging people to i don't want to say be better versions of themselves because that suggests there's something wrong with where they're at but to help them unlock what they want to do and how they're going to get there uh, i did a lot of mentoring basically and it was all you know side of desk or you know in the evening catching up with people and, and talking things through all specifically with teams that i ran um and i enjoyed it so much i was like i should this is what i should go and do you know and, and i need to do more of this and help more people um basically find their spark you know get the thing that really lights them up and encourage them to to own it like yeah. to really push and do it and I, what i found a lot in the corporate world was that uh, you can do an area that you really get and really enjoy and love doing and then then encourage you to go and do something quite different because it's good good for you in inverted commas right. and um but actually it might be you might not be very good at it and so yes it'll make you better at it but if you were amazing at the other thing and you suck at the thing you've just been sent over to do, then you're not going to enjoy it and you're not going to do a very good job of it. And so if it's critical for your future, then fine. But often I don't, I'm not, well, I'm not convinced that all of those moves are critical for the future. I think they follow a bit of an old pattern. And so I spent a lot of time going, but hang on, if you're amazing in this area, yes, widen what you're amazing at. You know, find out new bits to supplement and grow. But if that's the reason that people come to you to help them uh, and where you add loads of value, why would you walk away from that to do something else? And the honest answer in a lot of those scenarios was, I'm told it's good for me. And when you really dig into that and, and start encouraging people to recognize, well, is it good for them? Like, why don't they make a decision about what's good for them? Um, and it might be. Some of those moves do do work out, but some of them really, really don't. Um, and and it, so, yeah, from, from all that, I, I thought, actually, I, I should give back myself and I should go, you know, be a coach. And I, I agree with you. I see what you're saying with some of those moves that they just say, oh, I have to do this because it's part of that formula or um, I need to get uh, – I. I, I'm, I'm struggling because I want to say something, but no, it, it's not that. I, I think there's times where we can use that specialness, that strength, and incorporate something that might not be as strong, but you, it's not forgetting that strength. And too many times, I think that what they do is they leave the strength behind instead of adding to the strength. Yeah. Um, and I see, you know, in the corporate world, sometimes it's people who want to dull the light of the person who's shining. I'm going to move you over. It's good for you. I'm going to move you over here. But it really means you're shining too bright and that's not making me look good. Where if we want, if we really want this person to shine and do well and, and see the benefits of that, we add to what they, what makes them shine. Yeah. I think, I think some of it, I think some of it's from like the companies I've been in, it was largely, I think, from a good place, intended, intended good place, which is just, you know, uh, getting experience, you know, it's, okay. it's good for us to have trodden this sort of broad path. 
And I think that's the old way of looking at it all. It's almost trying to make generalists, people that can do a bit of everything. Yeah, they're, they're, they're good with a team. They're good with you know, negotiating new contracts. They're good with technical stuff. They're good with all these different things. You're like, yeah, but we don't, right now, we don't need people good at everything. Right. We the need specialists who are amazing in certain areas. You know, you don't go to the hospital and go, yeah, I want to see a generalist. <laughs> no, I've got a problem. I need to see someone really, really good at the one little problem that I have right. <laughs> because that's what I want them to specialize in. That, of course, you want that. So, why is it different in teams and in corporates and indeed in our small businesses or in our own personal lives in terms of what we're trying to do. So, um, yeah, there we go. And you have, you know, an interesting perspective and experience with this idea of using how we're hardwired mm. as a path to success that we can look at ourselves, kind of see what's really inside, how we tick, and use that, harness that um, to, to, to be our best. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. Th- I think that's really neat. Yeah. So one of the things that I guess like we're on a journey, right? We're all on a, our own journey of development. And one of the things I love about your podcast is exactly that. You're sharing a journey of trying to find out and, and discover more about yourself and the world around you. And that's, that's brilliant. We're all on this journey. And I, I suppose I've done a lot of reflection about me and what's, what does and doesn't work for me. And more recently, having become a coach and become more self-aware, I've realized some of the things behind why I've done what I've been doing. And that's when I'm like, oh, and and definitely what I I want to get into talking about. So I often talk about strengths and weaknesses, but actually I, I should use better phrases because everyone thinks about strengths weaknesses and I deliberately don't talk about development points because not all weaknesses we want to try and develop because some are just you know it doesn't matter we don't need to be better at that true if a weakness is causing harm then of course either to ourselves or someone else or our job you know or relationships or whatever of course we should do something about that like we shouldn't just ignore harm being caused but some weaknesses are just you know a bit indifferent I, I like to think of um I might not be the best cook okay but um Unless I need to be a good cook, that doesn't massively matter. I can cook a, a sufficient meal that is okay for the family. You know, right. it's, it, I've got basically I've got a few meals and I can do them well, <laughs> or or to reasonable. I'm, I'm, I'm going to scale that down from well. I can do them okay. Right? I've never been an amazing cook, but I don't want to be, and that's fine. I can cover the basis. There's not a lot of point in me spending loads of effort and time and energy getting better at that. Whereas I could be a better person in other areas that will make me shine even more. And that will help those people around me in, in my house, for example, or my friends or my uh, random connections that I happen to, you know, people I happen to, you know, bump into the street. That, that will make me a more useful human in the wider world, which would be cool there. Um, so, yeah, there's this there's this idea of we talk strengths and weaknesses or I have a tendency to like everyone else. But actually, if we get right underneath that, down into this hardwired what is going on for us, um, and one of the big realizations I've had is around my dyslexia. And I think it's true for neurodiversity, but I think it's true as well for, um, uh, I've forgotten the opposite of neurodiverse. Atypical? No. Neurotypical. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> but neurotypical people. This is, so I don't, I don't want this to be just purely a neurodiverse angle. I just want to use it as an example. Um, there are things that I find very easy to do. Um, and if I look back on life, I've been able to use them basically really well to my advantage through the work that I've done or through 
relationships that I've built with people. And um, so one of them is I, I just see the big picture of stuff. Just, I, I, I just do. And that sounds bizarre, but it could be from anything from someone trying to fundraise to explain, oh, we're trying to get some money. Right. And I'm like, yeah, because actually you're trying to achieve this overall arching big thing. This is a small section of it. You're trying to ask for a tiny bit of money towards this small section, which fits this massive overall goal. That all makes sense. I get it. You don't need to sell to me anymore. Either I will or won't, you know, donate this. But I, I can rapidly just, that just makes sense. It's just the way my head works. Whereas from my understanding, like most people would be like, oh, so what do you want the money for? And they might investigate the, the small subset and sort of just try and understand that a bit. Fine. Again, no, there's no right or wrong, no criticism or, right. or upset here. Um, so at work, I just happen to, uh, certainly in my old corporate jobs, I would just happen to get what was going on in this sort of bigger picture. And if I didn't, I would ask to find out. And so that meant when other things happened, I seemed to make wise decisions. I made wise decisions because I made them in line with what I thought was the big plan that was going on. Not that anyone had told me the big plan. They didn't need to. But it meant that people were like, wow, I like Mike. He's, he gives great, you know, he's, he's really on it. He knows like sensible directions and it really fits and it really works. Um, and so it turns out that I was just using a map that no one else had. <laughs> right. Seems unfair almost, right? One of the other like, really weird things that was happening at the same time, um, it, it turns out, and actually, I feel a bit uncomfortable saying this. Okay. It might be the Brit in me. <laughs> I build quick rapport with people. People tend to trust me quite quickly, particularly like one-to-one. Um, slightly, I'm maybe slightly more socially awkward in small groups, but one-to-one, people seem to trust me really quickly. I don't think that's got anything to do with dyslexia, but I do think it's like a part of my personality okay. kind of how I come across. So what would happen is people would be in the corporate environment. They'd be happy to grab a coffee with me and we'd just chat and we'd talk about what's going on. I'd share some stuff about what's going on for me nothing nothing you know like commercially sensitive or whatever nothing that we shouldn't be talking about but they'd share some of the stuff that's going on for them but because i can see the bigger picture i understand the bit they're talking about and how it fits in so we could have an interesting conversation and because they trust me they might share maybe slightly more than they would maybe with somebody else and by having a series of these conversations because they're the sort of conversations i find fascinating i enjoy i have a much bigger much better understanding of what's going on which made it even easier to make good decisions that fit within a plan, which maybe I shouldn't actually have understood and known, but I did. And I just thought everyone would, like if anyone else had asked them to have a coffee, they'd have had the same conversation, <laughs> like genuinely, until about a year, a year and a half ago, I had a realisation that that's just not what would happen. And, and, and I, I think it's interesting, yes. Um, you know, you're, you're living your normal, not yeah. knowing that your normal isn't everyone else's normal. It, that's the one interesting thing with looking at the brain. Um, we understand our experience with our brain, how we see things, how we feel things, how we think. And until something comes in our path that shows us that proves to us that not everyone's brain works the same way, we, we don't get it. It's like the light bulb moment happens when something proves to us, hold on a minute, you, you saw that differently? Or you don't think about this the same way I do? Um, it, it's, it's an interesting time to really broaden 
and see that as I've got to like I've got to figure this out and when I'm working with people you know understand their perspective um, and how they came to their perspective because harnessing some of that can be really interesting can produce so much um I I I don't know I'm interrupting you but I, I kind of want to okay. give I want to give a little bit of an example I'm not sure if I've talked about it on the the podcast before um so growing up my, I have a sister who's a year older than me um she and I'm gonna talk about her sorry Jen I'm talking about you uh, she is a very book smart person. Like she is an auditory learner. She hears it. It sinks in. So academically, she always did well. Uh, she would talk about numbers as having colors. I'm like, what are you talking about? You see colors. She sees colors and she sees relationships. And it's like, what? do you mean that you see these things? And she said, you don't see that? And I'm like, no, I don't see any of that. I don't see color. And it didn't, as a younger kid, it didn't mean as much to me. But being a school counselor, I have learned more about that. There are people who see. And and when when I mean see, they see, their brain recognizes color with numbers they also see color you can see color in other things um and and it's it's not rare like and it opened up my eyes and I've had students who in my interactions I realize they're not seeing the same thing I am and as you said there's no right or wrong this it isn't right uh, right or wrong um it doesn't mean that there's a disability or there's a mental health issue, anything like that. It is just how unique we are and how we can be different. My sister has harnessed how her brain works and that worked very well for her academically. And in in life, you know, she can, math comes to her. Um, and she can use those skills, which why not capitalize on those skills, those gifts that you've been given? Uh, so I, I think, you know, it is interesting and we do need to recognize that we are not carbon copies of each other. Yeah. And what's what's actually harder, right? So um, a little fun little exercise if your uh, audience, uh, if your listeners want to do it, would be to grab a sheet of paper, put a line down the middle and write strengths on the left and weaknesses on the right. And, and write them down. Um, now, if they were to do this, maybe they shouldn't listen to the very next bit, but don't worry, they can keep listening, it's fine. <laughs> um, people find it so much easier to write weaknesses and strengths. I do this exercise all the time with people, and some, fine, are aware, can write their strengths, but most people gravitate to write their weaknesses first because it's what sticks in their mind. And when you actually dig into what's going on for someone strengths-wise, and I was talking about the more hardwired ones rather than the kind of you know technical knowledge kind of stuff, is it's the stuff we find really easy and we discount it. I find it really easy, so surely it's not worth anything. It is absolutely mad, right? Because, of course, just because I find it easy doesn't mean that anyone else finds it easy. If someone comes to me 
because they recognize that I'm good at that thing or the way that I interact is, is really useful in a certain way. I should recognize that as a strength, but that's actually quite hard. So when I said, um, I can't remember what time frame I said, maybe a year or 18 months ago, uh, the trust thing came to me. It was because I was debriefing with a, a coaching client of mine. I was getting some feedback and just because I like to continue to develop and grow myself. And, uh, and I was going through and they said, well, this is not a surprise to me how well these coaching sessions are going because you build trust really quickly. I was like, do I? They're like, yeah, <laughs> it's like a superpower. They said, you know, but like Spider-Man, you know, you've got a, um, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, you mustn't misuse that kind of thing because you could. It's like, that never crossed my mind. But it was that moment I thought, that's why everyone shared all this stuff with me, <laughs> which really helped me. Obviously, I didn't misuse it. I didn't share that with anyone else, but it helped me see what was going on so that I could help decisions go the right way, which meant it made me more successful as a result. It's phenomenal. I had, so this- a, I had a similar, sorry to interrupt, I had a similar situation where I was asked to get some students together to talk about a program that I was involved with, with some individuals who wanted to replicate the program. So I, you know, picked some students and the individuals that were visiting us asked the students questions. We didn't know what the questions were, so we weren't prepared. They, it was just off, off the cuff answers. And uh, one of the students put an answer out there that kind of, I went, what? And said, well, we really like that Mrs. Siget allows us to talk and to express ourselves while we are there. And I hadn't, like, I wasn't purposely going into the experience saying, I want to make sure these kids talk. That wasn't one of my uh, goals, but it was just how I function. And um, I'm interested in these kids. So I, I, I listen to them. I, I hear them because I'm, that's just who I am. And I didn't realize that it was being received or meaningful on the other end. And it was like, oh, that, that's a strength of mine is I let my students express themselves and talk and feel heard. Um, so, yeah, it, it is interesting when you get some of that feedback of things that you just think are normal about yourself. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think, I don't think we get enough of that positive feedback. Like some people are great at seeing a positive thing and sharing it. Like saying to someone, I saw that, you know, that positive piece of behavior or that positive action you took, you know, here's a, here's a compliment about it. We are much, humans are much more prepared to say the negative than we are the positive. You know, if something upsets us, we're more likely to write a review than if we loved something. And that's something that I'm actually intentional about because Mm. I have recognized that. I've been in positions where uh, complaints come faster than compliments and I know how that feels. So I intentionally, if I see something, I mean, even if the, the other day, um, I was just looking at this woman because I loved her hair. And I'm like, I love your hair. Your hair is so cute. Um, if it's service, I definitely do it in the service industry. Like I make sure you know, like I am really happy with this or you made me smile today. You did a great job. You, when I'm going through the drive, do you, do you guys have drive throughs in the UK? Yeah, we do, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I was like, yeah. I've never <laughs> yeah, yeah. seen a picture of a drive-through in the UK, so I don't know if they if that's something that culturally they think is 
hogwash. Um, if the drive-through line goes fast, I let them know you guys are doing a great job of getting these cars through. Or if you've ever had someone who's got a lot of spirit in the um, the speaker and they talk to you and it just makes you smile, I'm like, you are, you just made my day. You are awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because I bet you I that was the one compliment of the day and right. it was um, going to be overshadowed, unfortunately, by the complaints. Yeah. So, so. I, I started, I, I think we, unsurprisingly, I think we're on a similar wavelength to this. So I started um, doing Google reviews because I, I used to, you know, look up on Google or TripAdvisor or whatever, you know, for eating out or for going and finding something. Um, and I started relying on them. I thought, oh, look, I really should contribute. If I'm going to use them, I should contribute. And then I decided, right, I'm only going to give five-star reviews. So I'm only going to write if it's worthy of a five star, okay. then I'm going to give it a review. I might add a photo or whatever if it's not, but um, I don't know if I've quite stuck with it. But the idea of basically I'm only going to share positivity, but I want my five stars to mean something. So, you know, that's not a low bar. But if if I think it's been five, worth five stars, then they should get five stars. And I should say that and I should publicly say that because, well, why wouldn't I? Um, and actually, there's something really positive about it. <laughs> Rather than feeling negative, coming away from something and thinking, oh, I should go and have a go at them. It's like, no, I just, you know. But when I find, when it's typically when I'm travelling, travelling around the UK with the kids, we'll go somewhere. Maybe we've headed to a beach, unsurprisingly. <laughs> we'll, we'll be at a beach. I probably don't know the area very well. So, like, right, where's a decent fish and chip shop? There'll be loads of fish and chip shops. Um, loads of them will be rubbish. Um, again, just to highlight, I do mean fries. You do say fries, right? Yes. Tated. Yeah. Um, not actual, like, crisps what i would call them or chips as you call them but um they're crisps so, um, over there yeah crisps yeah okay so things that are in the crunchy yeah potato chips aren't hot. yeah 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 we'd call them crisps okay <laughs> but chips to us are sliced up pieces of potato mm. that are deep deep fat fried normally and um uh yeah yummy and particularly good for the sea um so i'll look so i'll look for a review and i'll go you know we'll, we'll pick based on that or i will do the um this is done less in the south of the UK, but it's done quite a bit where I live. I'll just ask someone where decent fish and chippy is. Um, down south, that would be like a weird thing. You wouldn't do that. And goodness me, you wouldn't do that in London. But um, but even the south case of the UK, it, it, it's, some places are great, but some people just want to be left alone. Um, but where I am, which would count as the north, I'm very much in the middle. It would count as the north for many. And, and that's, you know, widely accepted just to chat. So not only ask, but like, you know, they might even be like, oh, and you want to ask for Fred because Fred does the best you know, fish or whatever. You're like, oh, OK, cool. We'll go in and we'll ask for Fred and we'll, you know, it's amazing. So there you're you're making me think, OK, so you and I will do our five star reviews, we'll say. We will go out of our way to to do that. When do we give ourselves our five stars? Like, when do we take the time to say to ourselves, you know what, you really did awesome in this situation or, you know, you really made an impact here. You deserve five stars. People are less likely, as you were saying, like we'll start with our weaknesses, are less likely to point it out. I think we've been conditioned to feel like that's bragging or that's, you know, being – um egotistical and too high on yourself by giving yourself those five stars 
But how awesome would that be if we like had a place to like our five star list of what we did five stars and yeah. start to see what maybe those trends are. And that's where some of our strengths are going to come from. Totally. Because where, where do we even give ourselves? Like I didn't. I was just thinking, would I give myself five stars? Or would I only ever give myself four going, but I know I could have done that better. And it's not the point that I could have done it better. It's whether what I did was exceptional in its own right. Of course I could do it better because I'm learning from that and getting ever better at it, right? But would I give myself five stars? All right. Someone else would give me five stars, but would I give it to myself? So my listeners, I want to challenge you right now. I want you to think about this idea of five stars. And again, it's not that you could do it better, but based on what you did, was it exceptional? Think about in the last week or the last month where you could give yourself five stars. Just think about that. Um, because I I would bet, I'd, I'd bet a, a million dollars that we can come up with when you did five stars. So I just, I'm putting that challenge out to my listeners. Ooh. This is this is this is great. This is great. Woo! It, it's a great challenge, and actually, there's a. Uh, I want to tease. Um, there's a whole part of this, the, I don't know, the mission I'm on, which I've not even got to yet, because we've talked about the positives. I want to talk about the challenges. Go for it. Um, but just before I get into that, um, I had something, and it's now escaping me because that's one of the challenges that I have at times <laughs> when something comes and it goes. Um, Right, a positivity wall. So I worked um, I worked in a shared service centre for a little while. Um, I was the, one of the finance project people. There were 140 people of largely, not minimum wage, but, but low wage. Um, so, so just above minimum wage, but not much, you know. Um, mm-hmm. um, hard workers, people actually, you know, some of them skilled, quite a few through different languages. So they were like chasing down invoices in, in their probably native language but you know from a nottingham perspective it would be like italian or french or german or whatever and um and we realized that uh, every week they were meant to have a catch up with their boss and they'd go in and see their boss and they'd say these are the things i'm struggling with and they'd talk about what was going on and every six months they'd get an appraisal and at the appraisal they would say i'm amazing because i've done all these great things and all the boss has heard all year or, or six months is problem 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 and we're like we've got to change this we've got to start bringing in a bit of positivity because if we don't bring in some positivity into those weekly conversations how can we possibly think that we'll set the right mindsets for the managers and and so we said bring a positive thing you've achieved in the last week which is a bit sort of artificial to say just bring one at least one thing but say one thing and then we made this positivity wall and so someone you could call someone else out so effectively I could be like Meredith what you did there was amazing that's worth five stars I'm putting it up on the board and then as you walked past this board you just saw all these shout outs to people for all this stuff which of course when you see loads of other people getting shouted out stuff you're like oh yeah actually that person did that well let me just grab a note and stick it on the wall as well and so my encouragement for your listeners would be to actually do that a bit yourself at home. And I know clients who've done this. They've, in their, um, in their wardrobe, in their, in their closet doors, actually on the inside of the door, so you can't see it when it's all closed up, but somewhere they go every day and they open up the door to get dressed and they see right there in front of them positive messages, basically positive affirmations about themselves. You know, this is what, where you're being amazing. This is some of your core and key strengths. 
and it just it sounds really quirky but it just it just works right it just reinforces this message to you every single day over and over again and it lifts you no no you you have hit the nail on the head i am all for positive affirmations um, I am all for mantras and using that. And you've just given us a new way to incorporate that idea. Um, because a lot of a lot of times in my in in my talking in my head, it's more of what I want to remind myself to be. And instead, you're reminding me of all these great things that I already am. Um, so I, I love that. I've, I've got to think about that. And as a mom, I want to incorporate this for my kids because they're learning new things and always the first response is, oh, I can't do this. I'm not good at this. But if we can show the accomplishments of like, you did awesome going from knowing zero uh, spelling words to five spelling words in two days, it shows you can do this. And it's reminding you of like, yes, this is awesome. So I'm going to incorporate this for my kids, actually. Yeah. Well, you might like this one as well then. So um, because I home educate the kids uh, a few years back, um, my daughter, was, who's the eldest, was feeling down about something. I can't think what it was, but it, something was really getting to her. And... And she was in that, I'm stupid, I'm you know useless, those sort of negative uh, words that are going around her head. And I was like, no, you're finding this bit difficult. Whatever it is you're trying to learn, you're finding hard. And that's okay, because some people will find this hard, some people will find, you know, I've, maths is really easy for me. Like, it just is. It's just the way my brain works. But language is really hard for me. And actually, it's all to do with the way my dyslexic brain works. But I know that my wife, maths is hard for her, and language is really easy for her relatively uh, easy for her um and there's just that we're just different so i was explaining to my daughter that yeah but actually you know you can't just beat yourself up about it and then i realized that actually what we needed to do was a strengths exercise so we did the strengths exercise but it was it was more deep-rooted than strength so we came to things like that she's really determined and she absolutely sticks at something so if she wants to do it she will do it and do it until, until she gets there um, and she's she's been growing a real resilience. And so we wrote, I can't remember what the other words were, but we basically boiled it down. We, we talked it through, talked it through, talked it through, boiled it right down to these sort of basic words or base words. And then she drew them out in nice colourful bubble text and all this sort of stuff and stuck them to her like a, a cupboard or whatever in her room. So they're nice and visible. And she had them there for a couple of years. And about, I don't know, four months later, she was tackling something. It was really difficult. And I said, how are you getting on? She's like, but I am resilient i am determined i'm gonna get through it it's hard right now but i'm gonna crack it and you're like yes <laughs> yes that as a parent it's just like the <sighs> you know the work that you had put in the struggle that they had you know you you help them through it to a point where they can stand on their own that is like parenting moment woohoo um <laughs> Five stars for you on that one, okay? Just, <laughs> I'm giving you five stars. Oh, thank you. Okay, actually, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to give myself a little five-star note. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today. I so appreciate it. I so learned from it. 
it's an episode that I will go back to when I need to hear that inspiration to be authentically me. Thank you. Oh, fantastic. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here and to talk. As we said it would be at the beginning, it has been exactly what I thought. It is, Meredith, it's such a pleasure to, to talk with you. And, and this is what I want to share. And I'm so keen to spread this message out there because it's so important. It's important for a lot of people to hear and uh, hopefully to take the real positives out of it. Yeah. Being authentically them. So please tell my listeners how they can get in contact with you. Fab. So I have made a special page just for your listeners. Wow. I know there's a great face from Meredith. If only we could uh, we could see. <laughs> Thank Exciting you. Thank you for doing um, that for my listeners. Well, I want it to be super relevant, you know, really specific for them. So um, so if they want to go to my website, to this special page, so it's thismikecole.com forward slash Meredith. So this Mike Cole, because there's loads of different Mike Coles. So it's this one, <laughs> thismikecole.com forward slash Meredith. And there's some information on there about me and how they can connect and get in touch if they want to. I have an amazing offer on there as well, which is linked to motivational maps, uh, which we touched on earlier. If they want to come and check that out, that'd be really, really cool. And there's some other fun, uh, really fun stuff there too. So uh, it'd be great if they want to go check that out. And it'd be really cool to connect. I also, by the way, love feedback. So one of the things I'm really into is is constantly growing and evolving and being ever better at these things. Um, so if they've got any feedback, if they want to get in touch and let me know, I would love to hear that too. That's awesome. If they want to send me any five stars too, by the way, um, that I could pin on my wall, that would be that would be epic. And indeed for Meredith, for a podcast, of course, that would be cool too. Uh, but don't feel under any pressure to do that. Um, I do. I'm, I'm definitely taking that away. Like, where's my five star wall? Where am I putting on? And when am I giving myself five stars? So cool. Yes. So yeah, if anyone wants to come through uh, and connect, that'd be great. This Michael.com forward slash Meredith. All right. And I will put all of that information up in the show notes and drop some information in the Facebook group and on Instagram. Oh, I, I, I don't like, I feel like I don't want to say goodbye, but I think we have to. Um, Mike, it has been really great. I am so glad that the universe brought us together and that we can share this this wonderful message with everyone else. Thank you. I'm so glad too. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, universe, for sorting this out. <laughs> Absolutely out of the blue. And it's been brilliant and wonderful. Uh, and I very much look forward to hearing your other guests on the podcast and hopefully catching up with you soon. Yeah, great. Well, I'm just going to say goodbye to my listeners. Thank you for listening to Finding Myself. If you like what you heard, please leave a review. If you have a question or a suggestion, feel free to email me at findingmyselfpodcast at gmail.com. I also invite you to be part of our Finding Myself community on Facebook. There you will have access to more resources, more suggestions, more information, and the opportunity to be part of discussions. Please meet us back here next time.